Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a theater near you. I am your host and kitten pot pie, Chris Randazzo, and I'm joined this evening, as always, by fundamental misunderstanding of the word comedy, Paul Giroux. Good on, mate. That's what I am, is a fundamental misopportunity, whatever you said. <laughs> and villain, whose last name is the same as his first, Doyle Doyle. Villain? Villain, I think not. That man is the most misunderstood character that has ever been. He's actually the hero of the movie, and let's get into that right now. The reason he's the hero of the movie is threefold. Number one, Einstein's invention, which he tried to circumvent for the purposes of alcohol, led to the atomic bomb, which killed millions, billions, I don't know, a lot of people, if we want to count the offspring that didn't happen. More than five. A lot of people, right? He tried to stop that, right? So right there, not a villain. Number two, number two, Marie Curie was on a path to marry or be with Einstein. She was going to later go on to discover radiation, and that was going to kill her. He was trying to save her there. That's number two. And number three, as someone who's had poor train experiences in Europe, let me tell you, when he starts to take offense to the Bushmen, getting on to his train car and hitting on the woman that he's doing a, uh, I'll, I'll grant you, lackluster uh, effort to hit on, uh, save them both from the smell that will permeate that car in the middle of the summer. Uh, look, he's a, he's a gentleman and a scholar who wasn't understood in his time. He wasn't understood in the early 90s when this movie was created. And I think you still misunderstand him today. Oh, I beg to differ, Sean. I think we were watching two totally different movies. I mean, first of all, he was, like, completely insulting to Marie Curie. Like, did you see him trying to mansplain the gramophone to her? Um, you know, whatever right, hold else on, he hold did on, hold to on. talk down. Hold on. Wait, no, I gotta, and I gotta, and I gotta follow up on him stealing... The the uh, theory of relativity, right? He he he's not saving the world from uh, nuclear annihilation. He tried to kill all those people at that opera or the uh, science awards. Like, granted, it was it was uh, mi- you know misinformed, but like uh, you know, I think he, he he was certainly the villain of the movie, Sean. He was not the hero. I'm not, I'm not sure anymore. I'm not sure. I'm not sure because as I sat here and watched it. And, and was force-fed this concept that young Einstein was the hero of the movie, yet sat there in pain, agony. and, and, and The villain and, was Yahoo Serious. The villain's Yahoo Serious, who plays young Einstein. <laughs> I, I don't know. And then he tried to shoot him 20 minutes before the end, and all I could think is, God, I hope this bullet makes its mark. I don't know. I don't know. I will say whether he was the hero or the villain, I did not expect to be as bored by a movie about a guy that invented beer and rock and roll. <laughs> mm, mm. And the scope on the pistol? I don't know if he was supposed to have invented that or just managed to find one or if he stole that idea too. But I did love that for some reason. The idea of just putting up a flip-up scope on a little revolver, like, that doesn't make any sense. This barrel's not going to support accuracy over long distance. But I love the effort. All right, all right. We gotta, we gotta get through the intro. We gotta, we gotta tell people what they're listening. No, to. we're in it, Chris. We can't go back. This month's this letter was why. God damn this it, this is happening <laughs> once again. What would Paul's pick, Young Einstein? Why didn't Yahoo series' career take off after this masterpiece? We're gonna find out. We're gonna debate this freaking movie, gentlemen. How did you watch this movie? 
You know damn well how I watched this movie. I watched it in your house with you and your wife and Greg. We and watched it on Tubi. We watched uh, it on Tubi. Which, mercifully, the hero of the movie were the commercial breaks, which didn't even function for some reason. Tubi's, every single time it went to a commercial break, Tubi just kind of stopped. It would just hold on a blank screen. I had to keep pausing and unpausing. So it kind of skipped the commercials, but at least they gave us breathing room to stop having to watch the movie for a few minutes, which was lovely. I drank a glass of chocolate milk and I ate nothing because I am on my quit being a fat bastard diet. Sean, however, brought some sort of concoction. So what I did was I, I tried to make it work, you know, as I do. And so first I, I, I went to the store and I looked for Smarties. And let me say this. I, I had know... thought brain food. Remember that stuff? The, the brain food. Uh, no, smart food. The, the popcorn, the smart oh, food. I was my thought. I didn't even think of that. That was my thought initially, and then I was like, maybe I'll just pop some popcorn. But then I wasn't really in the mood for popcorn, and you showed up with Smarties. No, I, I like, didn't. I did. You you told I me you were going to get Smarties wanted on the to phone. show up with yeah. Smarties. I don't know if anybody, any of our nine listeners, have ever gone <laughs> out and tried to buy Smarties. You can't. Yeah, I, you can only like, get them in like big bags for like Halloween stuff. Right. Like, and and I was pr- fully prepared. To buy a big bag of mixed crap that just had some Smarties in it and also came with whatever, blow pops and jawbreakers or whatever else. I was like, fine, whatever. I I need some Smarties. I looked everywhere, could not find a place to sell me a single thing of Smarties, even in a mixed situation, right? Because apparently, uh, and I've never bought them before, they just appear from time to time. Apparently, it must be a Halloween thing, or I, I don't know. I couldn't find them. So I went with nerds. Because young Einstein, Smarties, nerds, it kind of almost, you know, I don't know, whatever. And then I looked up online. I was like, well, uh, let me find a drink because Chris is, I mean, that man's bordering on alcoholic. We got to rope him in. (laughs) Um, But uh, no, for our our listeners that don't know, Chris doesn't drink at all. But me and his wife and Greg drink. And I found a drink. That's how they tolerate me. (laughs) (laughs) I found a drink online called. Einstein on the Beach, which is also the name of Counting Crows song, which Chris is a big Counting Crows fan, and it's also the name of a play, apparently. And depending on what website you look at, this drink is named after either the Counting Crows song or the play. But it doesn't matter because they all agreed on what the drink was. The drink was absolutely horrendous. I mean, uh, it tasted fine. It was vodka, raspberry schnapps, Lemon lime soda. Those three sound fine. That sounds like a that sounds like the beginnings of a, a reasonable drink. You know, you got all right, a little lit alcohol, a little mixer. All right, this sounds good. Sure. Lime, lemon, raspberry. All right. You yeah, know, we're all on board. Right? Fair enough. And then the fourth and final ingredient is Irish cream liqueur. That's right. We're gonna pour cream into lemon lime and see how that goes. Let me tell you how it goes. It curdles instantly. Because that's how science works every time. So we made three curdled drinks, and me and Karen and Greg proceeded to drink those three curdled drinks. Karen, Chris's wife, pointed out that the drink went down easier than the movie. But I'm jumping ahead. Let's let Paul take over. Paul, tell us how you watched it and what you drank and ate while you did so. I think you blew it, Sean. I think that maybe you should have... I don't know, waited till the movie started before you uh, drank the drink? Because, like, he might have explained these theories to you. He might have, like, he did that plenty in the movie. He might have been like, 
Cardinal. You like, you know. <laughs> also, it's also possible that uh, the play, the Counting Crows song, and the drink are all named after this movie. Oh, obviously, oh. obviously. He was on the at, beach, as was the man. In a weird twist of fate, <laughs> Einstein himself was named after this movie. <laughs> Time travel. Ooh. Um, yeah, Ooh. I watched the movie in the the late afternoon. Um, Sherry and Nate and I are, have all been. Um, watching lost when uh nate you know finishes school uh like we had finished stranger things and we were like what is what is the thing that we could all watch together what's the thing that he would like to watch with us and i i recommended lost um and nate's really into it like we're we're like in the middle of season three and he you know he keeps like have you seen what's gonna happen next have you seen this before oh yeah I, i mean we watched it when it aired but that was you know so so you're a bad parent (laughs) well i said this i was like i was like i don't like i don't know if i don't know if you're going to be satisfied by the ending like you know we didn't like it um and but it was a ride it what that show was so much even when it was terrible because it got bad but like it was still so interesting to watch and then talk with other people about like it was a pretty it was a pretty wild ride. I don't regret watching that show to conclusion. I enjoyed, and I watched it after it aired, like right after it aired. Like when the show finally ended, I was like, all right, let me go watch this whole thing now that everyone's <laughs> talking trash on it without knowing what happened. It is super enjoyable. I, I thought it was really good right up to the very last moment, right? Like right up to the last couple episodes there where you've... You, you find out that everything you've been built up for, everything you've been hoping and dreaming about is just going to be dashed on the rocks and they're going to do exactly what they promised they wouldn't do. And I, I don't know. I, I don't, the I, smoke monster just being a dude was the thing that really bothered me more than anything. Oh, God. Well, I'm also finding as we're watching it again that there's a lot of stuff I don't remember. You know, like there's a, there's a lot of stuff that I've forgotten over the last 10, 12 years. And I'm like, oh yeah, that thing. Um, yeah, I, I had this debate with myself. I had this debate of, am I a bad parent? Because, um, you know, this thing goes so off the rails and doesn't really have a, a satisfying conclusion. Um, but I think I've landed on that I'm not, because I think that could be said about a lot of shows. Um, uh, you know, I mean, like, like uh, I don't know. Heroes? Yeah. Heroes is a very, very similar example of, like, that first season of Heroes, by God, that was one of the burst... Let's try it again. That's one of the best uh, television watching experiences I've ever had, apart from like Futurama and X Files. Oh yeah, that first season of Heroes really just knocked it out of the park. But it it goes south. Like if you that just... was the writer's strike. You know that was is that, that what sh- called that show was the did they absolute... just film through not having a script because it it goes south. Yeah, you can you can pinpoint the po- the the. Right when it starts going really terrible is right when the writer strike happened. Like, uh, Lost was was Lost was hit with that too, but Lost was also hit with ABC going to the creators after it was a massive success and being like, "We're gonna do like seven or eight seasons," and they're like, "We were thinking four. and they're like, "Well, we signed your paychecks, so you're gonna make a lot more seasons." I think it's like season three and four. They come in with the the others where there's that other part of the plane that mm-hmm. crashed and they worked them in. And if you take those two seasons, I think it's three and four. It might be two and three. It's been a long time since I watched it or four and five. I really, it's been a while, but if you take the, I didn't hate those two seasons. If you take those two seasons and you just kind of pick them up and lift them out, 
There's You're almost like, nothing of consequence because almost everybody dies. Right. Nothing happened. You didn't. <laughs> it's completely pointless two seasons. But, but I enjoyed watching it. Well, so I'm not mad about that. I'm not mad about them stretching it out unnecessarily. In our, in our, I feel like they did it well. In our rewatch, we're like right in the middle of three. And like what I'm finding is season two was like super tight. Season three is also really good, but has a lot of filler. Um, mm-hmm. Probably because that's when ABC was like, you know, more, more, make it longer, make it, make more. Um, uh, yeah. Um, and th- there was that thing, and now this has become a lost podcast. Let's just let's just go with that. Let's <laughs> not get it. to Z. Let's just go with we're now a lost podcast. But listen, the thing that I, I and it's been a while, and I could be wrong. If I remember correctly, which I probably don't. If I remember correctly, the cute blonde who was kind of into Hurley, Libby. who was also on the show Titus as Titus's wife or girlfriend, girlfriend slash wife, uh, she had like a really interesting arc that started. And if the information I got, which may have come from the interwebs or possibly George Carney, who was a... <laughs> Uh, what do you call that thing? He, he was he like was? a production assistant on that show, right? Yeah, P- PA on that show. Uh, she like got a DUI with Michelle Rodriguez, right? Oh, I don't know. And they were mad about that, so they threw her off the show. But they didn't quite close out because, like, there's that one shot at the end of an episode, possibly at the end of a season, where like you see her in the insane asylum with Hurley. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, this is some shit. And I feel like that never went anywhere. Well, no, I, I think they eventually paid that off. Not did they well, pay it but off? I do believe they, they eventually tied that in. I, I, I don't know. I haven't gone that far yet in the rewatch. But I, like, I will say that like there seems to be, as I look into things, there seems to be things that the writers and the creative team like play close to the vest you know like the like sounds like there was characters that they wanted that that the island of hawaii wanted off the island because you know they were (laughs) they were getting in trouble for driving under the influence um but you know there seems to be conversation of like oh we always intended to have this character for only one season and you know things like that with that character that you're talking about sean libby um, yeah, like there was a thing that was left dangling and then like really didn't get circled back to, but what I have read, which, you know, may or may not be bullshit based on what the, what the writers have said is that they meant to, they meant to bring her back and then they got impacted by that writer strike. And then when they tried to fix it a year later, she already was on another show. So, mm. I wonder if it was Titus. If you haven't watched Titus, <laughs> it was a, a two or three season. I'm going to say three season sitcom based on the stand up comedian. This is when they were in that craze of like, you know, that post Seinfeld, every stand up comedian that's ever existed needs a sitcom craze that they were doing. But Titus was solid. I really enjoyed the hell out of that show. Had a couple good actors, good writing, panned out well. Well, she was on it. to get back to how I watched this, uh, yeah, we're we're in the middle of of watching Lost. I I, I considered if I'm a bad parent. I don't I don't think I am because I uh, I think I think a um, that could you know shows not paying off can be a lot of shows and b like Nate doesn't really care. Like like there are things that end <laughs> in an unsatisfying way, and he'll be like, okay, so um, so I think it'll be fine. Uh, but um, 
Yeah, so we we had just finished that, and it was one of those things of like, do we start something else? And then I, we're all we were all down there, and I was like, ah, do, you, do you guys want to watch this with me? Like, it'll it'll probably be fine for him. It's a you know '80s show, you know '80s movie about young Einstein, and everyone was like, all right, let's do it. And then immediately everybody was like, ooh, why did why did we do this? Um, uh, <laughs> so Nate didn't like it. Uh, Nate did like it, but then you know after an hour he had to go to bed. And uh, I was like, are we going to let him stay up or are you just going to finish it tomorrow? You know, and I was like, all right, you'll just finish it tomorrow. And I was like, well, I'm, I need to finish it for the podcast. So I, I finished it. And then the next day uh, he's like, so I'm going to finish the movie, right? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, but I need to finish it. And I was like, all right. And I put it on. And then Sherry was like, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> got up and walked out of the room um, so I watched the last half hour of it twice uh, unfortunately um, yeah and while I uh, watched it I ate a Vegemite sandwich <laughs> if you actually ate a Vegemite sandwich I am blown away yeah, Good for I, you. Um, I don't even know where you would find I Vegemite bought, I bought some bread from a man from Brussels he was uh-huh. he was six foot four six and full foot of muscles. Four? Full of muscles. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He I said, Are you speaking my language? And that's the end of the story. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. No, I didn't eat anything. So went, home, I watched it. went home and made your own Vegemite sandwich. Jeez. You know as we get into this, I'm just gonna make the argument that this is a great movie. I'm gonna re- I'm gonna I'm gonna reach down deep. Did you did you like it, Sean? Because I I no. all right, all right. Let let me get the factoids out of the way, okay. and then we can jump in. Okay. All right. Young Einstein was released on August fourth, nineteen eighty nine, by Satan. <laughs> was distributed by Warner Brothers intentionally. It was written by David Roach and Yahoo Sirius, who also directed the film. Roach's other works include Death of a Chook and another and other Yahoo Sirius vehicles, Reckless Kelly and Mister Accident. Mister Sirius's other films are just Reckless Kelly and Mister Accident. I can't imagine why. The film stars Yahoo Sirius, Udile Leclesio, and John Howard. It tells the story of a young Albert Einstein who uses love of science and an unlimited supply of apples to carbonate beer. But it doesn't tell the story of a young... It, it, it reimagines the story of Albert Einstein as a Tasmanian apple farmer. Say it tells a story of like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's t- from Tasmania. See, it yeah. says that t- it, I said it tells the story of a young Albert Einstein, <laughs> not necessarily the, the young right? Al- yeah, God, this, uh, so I'll, I'll get this, uh, jeez. Uh, I grew up watching this movie, and I enjoyed it as a child, and we watched it a lot of times. And my little sister watched it even more than I did, and she watched it a gajillion times. And as we watched it this time, after I have not seen it in, whatever, 15, 20 years, since I was a child, probably, um, I see now how bad a movie it is. Uh... <laughs> If I wanted to say a bunch of positive stuff and say that it's great, here's what I will say I realized about halfway through, and I mentioned this to Chris briefly. I feel like as I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is like Australia's answer to like almost like a uh, an Ernest or an Ed Grimley, right? Um, he's zany, 
right? And just the way he moves, right? So lots of the scenes are pointless and it's just him walking, but he does move in a very cartoonesque or zany fashion, right? So then I'm like, oh, I get it. If you were a child, right? And you would you loved Pee Wee Herman and Ernest and Mr. Bean and uh, and Ed Grimley. If you remember Martin Short's Ed Grimley, that's the one that really kind of kind of stuck uh, a similarity for me. I'm like, oh, I kind of get it. I probably love this as a child the same way I loved Ernest as a child um, because it's. He's uh, he's all over the place. So the boring scenes that really don't do anything, and, you're, and as an adult, you're like, why did we just watch a scene of this man getting on a boat for three minutes? <laughs> like, what the hell was that about, director or editor? Why wasn't this like it didn't establish any? It wasn't an establishing shot. It didn't it didn't uh, further the plot. It was just him moving from point A to point B. Uh, but he did so with his his limbs flailing. And he's good at that, you know. Uh, look, Jim Carrey's good at making faces. You know, it's it's a uh, a physical attribute that he excels at, and I see that. Um, and my assumption is that's why I loved it as a child. As an adult, it doesn't do a whole lot, right? You need that second layer, um, or as uh, Alec Baldwin say, the third heat uh, coming in to work at the same time. And it didn't have that. It was just that flat. If you think it's funny to watch this man cartoon walk around, then this movie works. Um, but you got to be a child for that, I think. So when you said that Nate didn't seem to be into it, I was like, oh, Jesus. I don't even know. I don't even know where this is going at that point. Well, you know, and it's one of those things where I don't know if he was legitimately into it or if he was, if he wanted to stay up the extra half hour and watch it. Um, uh, you know, it, it's it's always hard to read with him. Um, but uh, yeah, I I saw, I think I saw a lot of the same things that you did, Sean. Um, I, uh, it, I mean, I, I did not enjoy the movie. I think it it suffered from pacing problems. Um, I think much like you said, uh, uh, I can sort of see why some people might like it though and like i i wonder if you know we're gonna get like a lot of hate mail from australia because i you know i think i think this guy is like you know like they're marlon brando right like he's he's uh <laughs> oh jesus australia if this is your marlon brando he's got three movies i don't think that's the case I'm... if he's your Ernest or your mr bean yeah sure all right I, look you're on par no listen wait but i want to come i want to come back to this thing about Ernest that you said right because i I thought the same thing watching it, right? I'm looking at him and I'm like, I'm like, what happened that screwed your career, buddy? Like, why did you, why did you fizzle after this? Right? Because I was like, like, was like, who, who came and, and took that torch of sort of the, the, like the, the rubber faced, you know, goofball, funny man. I was like, was it Jim Carrey? And I was like, no, nah, like Ace Ventura wasn't till like 93, 94. It wasn't Jim Carrey. And I was like, was it? Was it Jim Varney? Was it Ernest? You know? But as I watched the thing, and I I was comparing him to some of those people that I felt like were like that, the, the sort of like wacky, you know, uh, uh, physical comedy type people, I'm realizing like those people also have uh I, I don't know like sort of talent 
Well, ta- yeah, sure, that's a good way to put it, Chris. But I, I'd say sort of the 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 verbal joking component, the whether it's the writing or the acting or whatever it is, this guy was so dry, and I think they thought that was a feature of the movie. Um, but like, like really what it did was it, it like caused a lot of pacing problems. Like there was, there was, there was scenes where, um, and like the, the, the one I'm going to reference, the one that makes me think of it was when he goes to France to get Marie Curie and then they take the hot air balloon to the, the science Academy awards, right? When he, he, when he climbs into her window and he's having that dialogue with the dad he's like you know i see you got a hot air balloon parked on the lawn you know and and like he says these things sort of like this and it's like you're playing this part more like like john wayne than Ernest, you know like everything everything was in this sort of like one note like i howdy pilgrim kind of thing and i I thought the exact same thing i was thinking john wayne for that scene that it's that's I'm so glad you said that because I thought that exact same thing. Yeah, it was weird. There's there's two different things that I I think play into what Paul just said. One is Australia is a British colony. That's right. We're going geography, motherfucker. So Australia is a British comedy. I think a lot of their humor tends to mimic the, the British humor, which doesn't always translate to America well. Right. Um, Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, it, it's a drier humor. You were just saying drier. And then the other part is it almost felt like if it if it leaned in a little more, and I don't know if it I don't know if it intentionally was doing what I'm about to say and just didn't didn't do it enough, or if it accidentally almost did it, but it almost did like a wet hot American summer where it was making fun of its own dryness. Right where it was like so bad that it was making fun of itself. Mm-hmm. Right, like um, some of the some of the things he said were almost so stereotypical. Whereas with like Jim Carrey and Ernest, like you said, you you said you weren't sure if it was the writing or the acting. I think it's the writing with them. Right, so with 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 Ernest and Jim Carrey, and Ernest is still very much a child's movie. But um, as with most great children's movie there's some stuff written in there for adults right more so nowadays less so with Ernest, but uh certainly with the jim carrey stuff like if you go back and watch the mask or 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 whatever some early jim carrey stuff sure his physical comedy is driving it um is driving the film uh and he's very good at that um but there there's a there's a second layer there to um to make it more uh, it couldn't. It couldn't exist with just his ability to stretch his face. That's not going to carry a whole movie, right? You put some writing underneath it. You give it an actual plot and maybe some real jokes underneath. Then his physical comedy, even if it doesn't land every time with the adults, uh, it's it's just another layer, right? Where this didn't have that. But again, it it could be the British dryness of it, right? Or uh, <sighs> Once or twice, I was like, "Do they understand how bad this is? Is this wet hot American summer? Are they are they mocking themselves?" Um, I don't think they were, but I don't know. Maybe I was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. I, I see. Like, I don't think they were either, because this whole thing strikes me so much as a vanity project. And my, I'm, you know, I, it sounded like I was being snarky by saying talent, but I think that's a, that that I mean that I think there is a distinct lack of all of the talents that it takes to be 
what Yahoo Sirius was attempting to be with this movie, which was writer, director, and star. And his physical, you know, his ability to move like a cartoon character is one thing. But if you look back at the Ernest movies, which I was never even all that big on as a kid, but at least I could see the appeal. It's extraordinarily stupid. And that man gave himself 100% to that stupidity. And like that, that was, that was the product. That's what it was. And it worked for what it was. It was, it was functional. This, the jokes weren't funny. Like they were coming up with these jokes that they were like, yeah, this is good enough. The, but I, I feel like so much of the impetus behind this movie was I'm Yahoo serious. I am funny enough that no matter what I do, someone's going to look at this and they're going to laugh. And by the time he got, I, part of me wants to say by the time he got into making this, he realized he was in over his head, but he didn't because he kept making movies. This wasn't even his first. And I mean, I kept making movies. He made what, three total, three or four. But this whole thing just seems like this guy was like, I'm the brand and that's all this needs. We don't need to try harder for any of this stuff. We're just going to be like me. I'm, I'm Monty Python all on, all on my own. Like we just need to have people say silly things near silly objects and then I'm going to do my thing and that's going to be enough and I'm going to be huge. And then it failed everywhere in the world except for Australia. Well, you you saying it's a vanity project, it, like that's probably not far off the mark. And again, I think this is a reason why we disliked it, but probably the people of Australia would probably say it's great. Um, you know, because like again, I think this guy was a success story there. Like like what and you know don't quote me on this. This is me. This is me seeing the movie going, how on earth did that happen? And then trying to find some things out about it. Um, so I might be, I might be reiterating some things wrong, or maybe, you know, I'll have to follow up and check that I, I got this right. But it sounds like he started filming this movie mm, a couple years before it was released, like maybe even like 83 or 84. And that he, shot an hour of the movie and ran out of money. Um, and then it sounds like, uh, like some Australian production company came in and tried to save him that it was, um, like, like it might've been like village roadshow pictures or something. I think it was like, I think it was like whoever made, um, the Mad Max movies also, a you know, an Australian staple. Um, but uh, that, you know, they they were like, all right, we're going to help you finish this movie. And then when they did, they were like, we want our money back. This was bad. Um, <laughs> and, and then it was some American company that that said, no, we think we can we think we can help you fix this. And there was things that were reshot and like somebody saw some kind of potential in it. And there was things that were reshot and there was things that were um you know, uh, I guess redubbed or something like that. Like, part of me wondered if the the dad maybe had like a real thick Australian accent that was like impossible to understand, and that they had to have another actor ADR it or something. Because every time he talked, I was like, "Is that guy? Is that that guy talking? Like, that doesn't seem like that guy talking." Um, oh, I didn't even notice that. I don't know. That so was that was what I, I thought. But um, I could be. Oh. I could be off on the timing, but I, I think this was released around that time period. There was like a, uh, 
I know I, I, I mentioned this the other night. To Chris. I, I feel like I've re-mentioned some stuff because we watched it together, which I think might be a mistake moving forward. <laughs> unless we're going to film like right or, or film record right afterwards. But the because uh, uh, then I can't remember what I did and didn't say the there was like a period there for like two years where America just loved anything Australian. Right. Uh, you know, you Fosters. had the Fosters, you had the Crocodile Dundee movies. Like America was a sep- obsessed with Australia for like, it wasn't very long. It might've been like 12 months, 15 months, something like that. But I think this happened to come this and uh, his second movie, which came out right on a teal's uh, reckless Kelly. His, his second was movie called. was a couple years later. It was in the early nineties. Was what, what was this? Like 89? This was, I think 88. 88. All right, so th- that was Yahoo like, serious. I think 88 to like 91 is right in that sweet spot where you had both Crocodile Dundee movies, you had Foster's Australian for Beer came into this country, and like, I don't know, I feel like for that couple of years, anything Australian just got a 10% increase in, in money, so that's probably why the American company came in and backed this. They were like, oh, you have a movie that's sort of almost suitable for release? We'll just, we'll, we'll you know... Sew up the edges and, and knock it out there. It'll be fine. Yeah, Dundee was 86. This was 88. And then Reckless Kelly, his second movie was 93. 93. And All then right, Mr. Later. Accident was 2000. Yeah, I knew his, his other one was way later. I don't, I don't know how that one got. Well, I, I want to I respond to something you said, Sean, about um, the dry humor and the, the British thing. What, like, like that, I think I was thinking something along similar lines, right? Because... When I'm watching it, and I'm like, "Oh God, why isn't this working?" Like, at, like at one point here, I'm looking at my, where's my notes? At one point, I wrote something. I wrote, I was writing notes for a while, and then at a certain point, I just started writing crazy things that Nate was saying about the movie, um, which shows you what I thought of it. But at one point, I wrote, "This was almost a movie," um, and I like, I think what I, I think what I meant by that was like, um, like. You know, at, at one point I'm like, why isn't this working? And and I and I kind of was, I think, trying to compare it to like parody movies, of which this was not. This movie was not a parody, you know. But like, I look at stuff um, like uh, I don't know um, um, any Mel Brooks stuff because that was that was sort of right in this time period. I mean, like, I, I guess more the height of Mel Brooks was more like the late seventies with, you know, like blazing saddles and producers and stuff like that. But, you know, certainly, um, certainly, he was still making stuff into the early nineties. Oh, into like the nineties. Yeah. And, cer- and certainly Spaceballs yeah. was probably around this time. Um, sure, sure. so I, I think of, of Mel Brooks stuff. I think of, um, some of the other parody stuff that preceded this, like, uh, like airplane and, and, um, uh, top secret or even stuff in the nineties or early two thousands, like uh like scary movie and not another teen movie and stuff like that. Um, you know, like they have the license to uh, make, make visual jokes, make meta jokes, you know, like certainly like um, Mel Brooks does all the stuff where it's like, Oh, the, the Cowboys break through the back lot and they, you know, they like ride onto other movie sets, you know, or like Spaceballs has that thing where it's like, where are we in the movie? We're right here, you know, and they're rewinding and fast forwarding and stuff like that. You know, like there, there is, there's weird jokes, there's self referential jokes, you know, stuff like that. Um, and like, uh, and like this, this movie had some weird, 
sort of like almost like parody looking jokes, right? Like, um, uh, here's a couple I wrote down. Like when he says, "If you can't trust the governments of the world, who can you trust?" And then they all look at the camera. Yeah, that. Um, there's there uh, some of the ones I wrote down. He uh, he's the dad is talking about taking up the the granddad's hobby, and they kind of walk past the granddad's tombstone, and it's like, "Here lies granddad." Blah blah blah. Um, another thing was in the in the institution in the asylum. There was one guy that had a axe that almost it didn't even look like a like a like a fireman axe. It looked like a weird little like battle axe. And then he used it to break glass and get out an identical axe that was like the same. Um, you know, like there was all these weird moments like this that I feel like you find in sort of a parody movie, but like A, it wasn't a parody. And B, like, it almost felt like the style of it was trying to, uh, you know, was trying to be in the style of something else that was, like, previously written or existed. Like, the, the thing I thought about, and it's interesting because Sean said British humor, is the thing I thought about was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Like, like there's stuff when you read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that is, like, funny on paper like funny imagery you know like he says um the one i always think of is uh he says something like um the spaceships hung in the air kind of the way that bricks don't you know and i'm like <laughs> oh that's like a really funny line but like how the hell do you put that on screen like how do you show that in a movie you know so like when they made that hitchhiker's guide movie it was it was like not really the same because like they had to do humor that was like similar to the style, but like wasn't exactly what's written in the book always, you know? So like this made me feel the same way that it was trying to create some kind of style that was based on something. Um, So you brought up that ax shot, right? Yeah. And there was, there was five or six times during the movie as we sat there and watched it where I pointed out to Chris and Greg because Greg was with us when we watched it uh, and Karen. I pointed out, I was like, that's funny, right? So we're like all five sitting or there. six is being generous. The only other one I remember was the sheep. Right, right. So the sheep, the, I, I feel like there was a handful more. Uh, there was a handful of times, the axe was one of them. When, when I felt like we were sitting there in this slog in this in this just wretch of a movie viewing experience right where you're like this is not good this is not how you should make a movie we could do better than this and we shouldn't be making a movie right and you're like this is just bad and i feel like there was a handful of jokes not that they were amazing not that they were like right home about it but they were solid gags and a lot of them were semi-visual which made me think that there was somebody with a solid sense of humor involved but not in charge because chris just pointed out uh there was one shot in the beginning where uh he's like i don't know they're in the house and like it's 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 almost subtle it's almost a throwaway joke they're talking it's like the einstein and his parents and the mom is like knitting right off the sheep like her string goes back to the sheep and the sheep's half naked. Wait, right? wait. I was like, is, is this the scene where the sheep says goodnight to him and then yes. he says goodnight to his dad and then he motorboats his mom goodnight? Because that yes. was weird. That was so right. weird. Right. So it's a weird scene. And all those jokes didn't when you say them they're funnier. It's again, it's almost that hitchhiker's thing. You saying them is kind of funny. 
watching it happen wasn't funny, except for the joke that they didn't do. The joke with the, the, the mom. I mean, they did it, but they didn't say it. It wasn't a verbal thing. It was just while that scene is happening, she's knitting. And if you follow the string back, it's coming right off the sheep who's now half naked. Right. And I'm like, that's kind of funny. And I pointed that out. And then like later he's in his um, he rented that terrible room that was full of cockroaches or whatever. And like there's this one shot he's about to do whatever he's about to do that has to do with the plot. So let's not talk about it. Um, but there's like this comically high stack of dishes in the background and i pointed that out too as like he gets blown out the window from like i don't remember what he did touches his electronic violin to the bathtub or whatever but like in the back corner there's this comically large pile of dishes and i pointed out i was like that's kind of funny and then the the axe thing was kind of funny there was a handful of things like that that i feel like they weren't written in the script i don't think it was part of the whoever was in charge of the script I think it was more like somebody working on the movie had a real good sense of humor and was like, I don't know that this movie's funny. Let me put in some background visual gags. Like, what if the mom is sewing from the sheep? What if there's a ridiculous stack of plates? What if the guy has to get an axe? Because there's no, there's no verbiage when that guy's getting that axe. And I did think that was funny. You're right. He comes up with a battle axe to break the glass in case of emergency to get another axe that looks like the one he just had. Look, is it, is it, comedy gold no is it a solid effort yeah i don't know it's funny it's i i, I appreciate it you know like yeah right, it's funny there, there, so, there was one part of the movie where i laughed out loud there was one joke where i audibly laughed where i couldn't stop myself from laughing and i laughed and i'm gonna tell you the joke but then i want to tell you Everything that you had to go to get to that joke, so you let me know if this joke pays off, right? Was it the woman? Because the woman at the end, the woman who screams and Mary Curie has to like elbow her because she's out of control, like having a fan moment. That was kind of funny too. That's one of those five or six funny moments where I was like, "That's a good joke." The one thing that I, the one thing that I laughed at was when Mary Curie goes into the. We're, we're saying Mary Curie because that's how they pronounce it in the movie. Marie Curie goes into the <laughs> asylum uh, to talk to him and she's dressed in drag and saying that she's his dad and that they make out in that in that shower room. And then those two guys go, oh, yeah, close family. <laughs> <Right>? Like <laughs> That was the one time I laughed. Let, let's go through what <laughs> needed to happen for that joke to happen, right? First, he needed to try to uh, to to get his patent with that Bavarian beer company. They had to have him committed. Then we had to go into the institution, and he's he's talking to all those other you know mad, like mad scientists in the mad scientist ward or whatever. Then Marie Curie had to find out that he was in the institution. Then she goes to knock on the door to get in there, and you have that guy who's the doorkeeper, where it's almost like a Wizard of Oz thing, like not not nobody got in to see the right wizard. I know, like he's even sort of talking fast like that, right? And first he says, "You can't talk to him. He's bathing. He's taking a bath." And she goes, "I'll wait, however long it takes." And she, he goes, "He'll be in there a long time." 
I don't know that that was supposed to be funny then, but as I think maybe you're supposed to watch the movie twice, I don't know. As I think about it, he was in that shower a long goddamn time, right? Because <laughs> like then they then they had to show him in the shower and uh you know all those gratuitous butts that we didn't need to see, right? The- and we did see him in bathtubs a lot through this movie. I'm like at least three or four different. There was the part where he's like washing the dishes while he's sitting in the bathtub out front of his parents' house. Then there's the part where he's in the bathtub with the electric violin. Oh, let, then there's the part you're talking yeah. about. So he's in the bath at least at least three let, or four times. Let me get Bare let me. me get back to the part with the electric violin because I have something to say about that. But um, but yeah, you know. And then so Marie 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 Curie Marie Curie's like um, you know, I I want to get in. Uh, you know, and and they go through this whole thing about he's he's bathing, and you know he'll be bathing for a long time, and then and then when they find out she's not going to leave, then they go, you can't get in because you're not family, and then uh, she's like, so his father could get in, and they say yes, and that's when she goes away to come back to be the father, and then I'm thinking about it, and I'm like. Why on earth didn't she just say she's his sister? Why would she say that <laughs> she's his father? And then I realized that they won't do that because then they wouldn't let her into the shower. That she needed to be a man to get in and see him in the, the shower. That he was taking a shower for a long time. Then that sort of, uh, 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 you know... Trans or uh, butch you nurse, know, but yeah, is that a man? That was a man in drag. That was a man in drag. Um, let's so her into it, which almost looked Monty Python in nature the way they did it. Yeah, it's hard. Right? It's hard to know why that was a thing, and they let let her into the shower, and then yeah, and then they kiss, and then they make the joke of like ah, close family, and I was like, I laughed. But all that logic we took to get there was it was it worth it? Was it worth and it? And that for guy, that, joke? that guy who made that joke, and I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's him or not. That guy who made that joke about close family, right? One of the mad scientists who had a very bit role. He reminded me so much of the guy from the movie Dead Alive, which was like a New Zealand zombie movie that I made everybody watch. Remember that one? <laughs> uh, something about the way he said it, even the kind of the way he looked. I think he might have been the other boyfriend, not the main guy, the 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 main girl's boyfriend before she leaves the boyfriend to go to the main guy in Dead Alive. I think that might have been him. They were both. Uh, this movie was filmed in Australia, New Zealand, something like yes. that, right? Yeah, Australia. All right, Dead Alive was filmed in one of the. I, I don't know if Dead Alive. That was, was. I get those two confused. That was New Zealand or filmed, Australia. Dead Alive was filmed in New Zealand because it was Peter Jackson, and all much of Peter Jackson's stuff is filmed in New Zealand. All right, that's um, still, even though there's a, I know that's technically a different country. I'm betting it's got a lot of the same backup yeah. actors um, through those. Y- you were, you said, you said the thing about him in the bath with the violin. Um, yeah, at some point, at some point I stopped taking notes and I just wrote down weird stuff my family said. Because, like, um, what, one thing that happened towards the beginning of the movie, like, right before he split the beer at him, like, there was that. There was, you know, there was all the stuff about the the beer and getting bubbles in the beer, um, you know, which like it was weird that his like his dad was like, oh, you got to get the bubbles in the beer, and then you know, and like, and then when he does it, like all of a sudden his dad's like a 
Like, they didn't even know what beer was, and all of a sudden his dad's like a, you know, like an experienced beer drinker. His dad's like, oh, look at the head on that. Um, but anyway, uh, he's he's like, uh, you know, he's working in that shack, and it's like you're seeing the sun coming up on the shack. And, like, Sherry, like, it was, it was a long shot of just this shack. And Sherry goes, is the movie Frozen? <laughs> Right, like, like <laughs> she she thought like we were hearing the thing, but the the, the picture wasn't changing. And I was like, no, nah, that shack's gonna blow up. And then it did; it blew up. Um, yeah, there's something about that shot that you knew that shack was gonna blow up. And I'm not exactly sure how they did that. I don't know if that's really good or really bad filmmaking. But like, as soon as you saw that shot, you're like, this shack's gonna blow up. <laughs> Um, Nate made a couple weird comments. Some of, I think some of them I wrote down are indecipherable, but the one was about him in the in the bathtub playing the electric violin. Like Nate sees that scene and he just goes, "Dude, you're gonna die." <laughs> like, I'm gonna write that down. <sighs> uh, so, uh, I didn't. This movie. Let me tell you why this movie is great. <laughs> this movie made me think for the first time just this time when I watched it I was like holy crap I never thought of that when did bubbles get into beer I it just it, like beer goes back to the ancient Egyptians but that's not where the bubbles come from they were just drinking flat beer for thousands and thousands of years in like the the eight nine hundreds like people drank beer because the water would kill you people didn't drink water that was a surefire way to die because it wasn't clean they didn't understand that making the beer out of the water that the part that was important was boiling the water that's what was killing all the bacteria and made it safe to drink so they were just drinking beer uh granted a uh, very low alcohol content beer but for thousands of years more beer was drinking than more beer was drinking. More beer was drunk than water was drunk because water would kill you and beer was nutritious and, you know, kept you alive. Um, so literally thousands and thousands of years. Uh, and then this movie made, like, I just never stopped to think about it. I was like, oh, yeah, there was no bubbles in that beer. That's like a process. Uh and of course, it has nothing to do with splitting the atom. But if nothing else, it made me look up like how long ago it was the early 1800s. In the early 1800s, they started they they came up with the science to add bubbles to beer. So, for all our listeners who didn't know that, now you do. It's like 1830s. Why? Why does beer need the bubbles? You know what? I don't know why they knew that it did. Like what genius soothsayer prophet figured that out? But for all the beer drinkers that listen, like a flat beer is, is, I mean, maybe I'm only saying it comparatively because I've had not flat beer, but flat beer is awful. It's like, this is terrible. Like if you hand me a flat beer, I'm going to be like, the, the hell is this shit? It, it's fascinating to me. Like I, on so many ways, how, how so many various things came to be like who drank beer and said, you know what this needs? Bubbles. It's a great question. And now I kind of want, like, I, again, I, I say prophet soothsayer, you know, jokingly, but at the same time, I'm like, exactly what you said. Who's, in Who looked at a cow and said, I'm going to drink that? <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, that, that brings us to a whole nother conversation. <laughs> I often wonder that, like, who picked up an almond, ate it, was like, yes, 
and then picked up an egg corn and ate it and was like, no, like, <laughs> I don't like who, who went through everything, or, right? Because or co- there's not a nickel's difference. Or coffee, right? Like, who, yeah. who took How the did beans we get to that coffee? came out of the poop of this thing, you know, whatever, and uh, crushed it all up and poured hot water Boiled over it. it? Yeah, like, yeah. why would there's you think to do questions. that? Why would you do that? There's no reason. There's no reason. Thank God they did. Thank God they did. Yeah. Well, see, there you yeah, go. Like, I'm glad they did. Like, cheese in general. I'm glad they did it. But, like, how did you get here? I think I would have killed myself 20, 30 years ago, if not for coffee. I mean, <laughs> just like, I can't imagine waking up on, like, a Tuesday and being like, yep, I did Monday. We're going to do three more days of this bullshit without a cup of coffee. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think that would happen. I mean, I love beer and all, but I, I think coffee might be absolutely quintessential that's that's the one that keeps me going i think i think i need more vices in my life because <laughs> i don't drink coffee or alcohol i i could do without the alcohol i think the caffeine would really really stop me well see there you go this movie was super educational see that you know it made you think this yeah. movie made you think about a lot of things that you didn't want to think about like what am i doing with my life <laughs> You notice how they kept mixing in weird science that didn't have to do with Einstein? Like, I feel like Einstein did a bunch of stuff and they, they touched on some of it. And then they were like, remember that whole thing with Newton and the apple? What if we vaguely allude to it and then don't follow up with that shit? Well, that's why I was so confused at the right? beginning at the of beginning? the movie. Because everything he was doing at the beginning of the movie was uh, Newton. Like, like it says, you know, on an apple farm in Tasmania. And I'm like... What like what you know and and they do the the him under the apple tree in the beginning of the movie and he's listening to music and the apple falls on his head, um and then uh like a scene later, there's the thing with the like he and the dad are out there and the dad is like like shaking this shovel that's been chomped. There's a big like chomp mark out of it. Oh, that, at this, I forgot all about that yeah, whole scene. At this Tasmanian <laughs> devil that kind of looks like, kind of looks like if like Grimace had a baby with like HR Puff and stuff. Like it was. It looked like the Gremlins from that Mystery Science Theater episode. Oh, hobgoblins. Hobgoblins. Yeah, <laughs> it looked like a giant hobgoblin. Um, and you know what? I think as a child, I thought that's what a Tasmanian devil was. You hear the name, you know, you see Taz from like uh, Tiny Toons or Looney Tunes, or, you know, if you want to go, whatever. Uh, and then like this movie showed that. And then I, I think in my head, I was just like, I guess that's what a Tasmanian devil is. Which, which again, like maybe, maybe this movie is super funny to Australians, right? Like maybe that's a joke for Australians because they know what Tasmanian devils look like. And then I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up now, but I'm pretty sure Tasmanian devil is basically like a, uh, a tiger, right? Some sort of, some sort of cat. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's more like the size of a, like a cat. Like, I don't, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, maybe 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 like a size of a small dog or something. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it, oh, it, he's cute. Is this a joke? Is this a joke where we're seeing this goofy, ridiculous thing because they're trying to show what the rest of the world like thinks a Tasmanian devil looks like? You know, like that's I, what I'm saying. It's got to be that. I think Tasmanians know, and I'm betting Australians and New Guineans, New Guineans. I don't know, whatever they call themselves, New Guinea eyes, 
Um, I, I think they probably know what a Tasmanian devil is. And I think it's, and I've looked up a picture just now. I think it's basically like a, some sort of like cat rodent-y thing. It's certainly not whatever the hell they showed us. Right. Um, and so I, as that feels like a joke for the rest of the, uh, maybe it's a joke for, I don't know. It's not funny. So it's hard to figure out who the joke is for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, who would find that funny? Someone who doesn't understand how wrong it is or someone who does. And I don't know. But yeah, there was the, there was the bit with the the apple falling from the tree. Then there was the bit with him falling on the seesaw, and the crate of apples falls on him. And then he does another thing where he like slingshots himself into the air, and then he which falls. again I think he's saying Newton's principles. Yeah, and like then I... and then you know the mom's just like yeah, what goes up comes down, you know, and, and like I I I I think it was just so that he could have a bunch of science theories to say and prove but it felt so weird because it started with all the newton stuff it was called young einstein it it claimed to be about einstein but then he's in he's a tasmanian apple farmer and i like and then i i you know like 10 15 minutes in i'm like what is the joke like is the joke that (laughs) that einstein is austrian and they're making him australian i'm like what is the joke? I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> but yeah. I think people in Australia would say that it's fine. Like I, I, I think I think there's a lot of people that like this movie, probably because of all the weird, quirky things that we're explaining. And then I don't know. I think also like some of it played like an '80s music video, which I think there's people that have some sort of nostalgia spot for. I think I think there are people that like this. So two things about that. One, there were multiple travel montages where nothing happened and we just saw him to 80s music. And then two, within 10 minutes of the close of this movie, I had gone online and purchased the vinyl edition (laughs) of the Young Einstein soundtrack. So that's something positive to be said for that. See, so like this is what I'm saying. We're bashing this movie, but obviously it it like hit you on some level. Like there are well, I, it's not that it didn't have any redeeming qualities. Like the soundtrack was okay, but by and large it was a, it failed in nearly every way a movie could fail. It was it was a miserable viewing experience from top to bottom with the exception of the fun we were having watching it being miserable together. <laughs> there was a lot of Greg Greg saying, like, thank God it's a commercial, you know. Mm-hmm. There was, th- th- we, we had fun. We, we had a good time watching it, but yeah. and I, not, be- not because of the movie itself, which I just, I just think was absolutely abysmal. We had a good time watching it because we had drank a lot of curdled alcohol and, for most of us. And I watched it the same night as you, probably starting it an hour before you all did. So I think the good yeah. folks at Tubi you, were like... You were ahead of us. They were like, two people watching it? This is great! There's two yeah, people you watching got, you, Einstein. You watched it in Philadelphia. That's that's in a different time zone. So we actually watched it at the same time. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, the, the um, uh, I'm on Rotten Tomatoes right now, which this has a 36 percent uh, score seems and generous. a 50 percent audience score, which is wild. <laughs> With ten thousand yeah, plus ratings, there was a uh, lot of the ones. Oh. What I thought was interesting is the movies that they say you might also like. I've heard of exactly one of them. What's uh, that you've heard of? Airborne, Spotswood, Four for Texas. 
The Heavenly Kid, and Ernest Rides Again. So I've heard of the Ernest movie. Oh. Sure. I'm unfamiliar with all the rest of these. As am I, but Ernest uh, only confirms what I said earlier. This is kind of like, I think Yahoo series might be Australia's answer to Ernest. And Ernest, Ernest Rides uh, and Again I, is probably one of the worst Ernest movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that Ernest one has goes a to jail 14%. Halloween. Those are the two you want to go with, right? That's a 14 on the... These other movies they recommend are all horrible. Uh, Spotswood is a 67% fresh. Uh, What's fresh? It means it's good, not rotten. Oh. Uh, but all the rest of them is like Airborne is a 27, Four for Texas is 11, <laughs> Ernest Rising is 14, and The Heavenly Kid is 30. Yeah, so I- I'm not sitting here saying I love Ernest movies. Uh, not at all. Um, but they are what they are, and they do a... a- they do a good job of being what they were trying to do. So, you know, Ernest came out there every time and he, and he gave it his all and he, he made the movie he was trying to make. And while it's certainly generally uh, targeted at children, um, it's, I, I'm not going to sit here and trash Ernest movies. Right? I, I, I love, I, I love Ernest movies. I love them. <laughs> that, that's fine. That's fine. He, look, that man, that man went out there with a specific plan and he executed it well, right? Uh, I'm not. I don't want us to do an earnest, earnest marathon. Yet. Please don't, don't anybody make us do that because I'll do it, but I'm only going to be sad about it, right? This is. This but I'm not talking trash on it. Ernest is fine. And I think this is Australia's answer to Ernest. This is so stupid. I don't know why I do this. I have no idea why, right? But in in Ernest Scares Stupid, there's this part of the movie where the trolls are allergic to milk. Or like, you know. Miak? Yeah. Miak? I can never not think of Miak. I don't know why that scene sticks in my head. We're the same person. I know. That scene is stuck in my head for the last 30 years. You didn't think I could find fresh miak, did you? I say that all the time. I usually tack in the word bitch, and I'm sure that wasn't there. But I'm like, I say that any time I can sort of work. You didn't think oh. I could find fresh miak, did you, bitch? Oh, my God. Sean, I love you. I will, I will, I will like, come upstairs. Like, we'll be getting cookies or brownies or something. I'll come upstairs, and I'll be like, pour myself a glass of fresh miak. <laughs> and Sherry will be like, why do you do this? <laughs> and then you have a choice. You could either tell her you are mentally damaged or you're quoting Ernest. And for the health of your marriage, I'm going to say go with the prior. Right? I mean. Oh, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying these. Um, the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes for this movie are fascinating. Um, we've got one for four stars. It says, a hysterical take on alternate history that takes you on a wild ride. Laughing the whole time would recommend this to anyone looking for a good, quote, serious film to watch. That was written by Yahoo Serious. Clearly. Then we've got, um, this is this this two-star rating here. This is a very generous rating, (laughs) and I'm only giving it, it this due to the nostalgia, as this was only the second time having seen it since it came out way back in 88. In this movie, you have a young Albert Einstein, hence the name, but he's an Aussie who discovers his theory of relativity through beer making. Yeah, not only that, he invents rock and roll music and surfing. It's definitely not to be taken seriously, ha, as this was no better than just some silly kids movie. I I, I do also have to say that, uh, again, I didn't expect to be so bored about a movie 
uh, about somebody that invents beer and rock and roll. But then I also think that, um, you know, like, like Muddy Waters and Chuck Berry would probably be rolling over in their graves if they knew that there was a <laughs> movie that posits that a white Australian guy <laughs> invented rock and roll. You think Einstein's happy about this shit? I don't. <laughs> I don't think he is. I mean, that guy seemed like he had a good sense of humor. He was pretty laid back from the little bit I know, but I don't think this. I don't think this is gonna. I thought it was bonkers that they ended the movie with a real live quote from Ernest uh, from uh, uh, Albert Einstein. They they yeah. they dedicated the movie to him and then ended it with a quote as if to say like, "Here's I." We did Einstein's this out of respect of for you. Tomorrow morning after my cup of coffee, I'm gonna take a large shit. In the toilet. And when I do, I'm going to dedicate that to Paul Giroux. Are you, are you honored? Or are you seriously offended? I'm, I might come over uh, and see your shit and then, um, and then. Make the call. And then, and then uh, sing a song to it at the end as if the whole movie had been a musical. <laughs> Utterly fascinating. It was bizarre. <laughs> I uh, I am um, yeah. yeah I wrote down I wrote down a couple of these there were so many of these like music montage these um that I like they really felt like eighties music videos like when he's he's trekking Walking. across Australia yeah um which like you know like good for them like they had all that the production value of the the mountains and the deserts and stuff like it looked beautiful. Did a little time lapse thing there, yeah. But, I know uh, it was high end for the yeah, time. Yeah, that that felt like a music video. There was one when he went to the patent office. There was one when he was like thinking on a of boat rock going and roll. To oh yeah, yeah. And, right. And then and then and then um, him and her on the beach. The um, I guess the surfing mm-hmm. and the the beach thing, which like that. That scene, like, looked and felt great, but it was one of those things where, like, you're looking at one moment disassociated from the rest of a movie that didn't work. You know what I mean? Like, I I looked at that one scene and I was like, she's doing a great job. You know, (laughs) like, this looks great. Yeah, You know what? That's the kind of thing we don't see a lot in movies anymore um, are kind of these, I'm going to go, I'm going to call them nonsense. These nonsense, like, montage falling in love dating scenes that were big in like the late 70s early 80s even into the late 80s where they uh, it didn't um it didn't further the plot but i guess it established what they were trying to establish for you real quick in a upbeat and music oriented way right where like a lot of movies would have these little we're falling in love montages so when you said that kind of worked you're right. They did that effectively for what the time period did with that. And that was kind of a trope at the time, which would be really interesting if they were making fun of, but I don't think they were. Um, so I'm not going to fault them for it. I'm not impressed by it, but I'm, I'm not going to fault them for it. It was kind of the standard, you know, 1980s movie. We're halfway through. We need to establish that the guy and the girl are, are, are in love. So here we go. Like we, we set up the basics in the beginning and now here's this montage to say that, yep, they fell in love and then we'll move on from there. So it's, I don't know. Well, um, you, you know what it was about it? Um, like, uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit last time, I guess, well, I guess last time we recorded it was fast X, but the, the time before that, when, um, I think in the beginning we were sort of talking about guardians three, um, like, 
you know, Chris was talking about the musical moments or the, the, the musical, the, the music bits in, in these movies. Um, and like, you know, like lots of movies have music in it, but not all movies integrate the music in an interesting storytelling type way, you know, and sometimes it's just music in a montage, but like there are certain directors that really integrate it well. You know, I like, I, I think I'm told that like, Scorsese's like picks all the music for a movie before he even starts filming, you know? Um, and obviously you watch stuff that James Gunn directs and you're like, yeah, like music obviously plays a big role in like how you shape things. And like in guardians of the galaxy two, like, like Chris is right. Like the arrow, the scene and the, the cat Stevens song at the end, like that music is so well integrated into the storytelling there Whereas, like, yeah, some of the stuff in 3 just felt like a cool moment, you know? So, like, wh whatever you want to say, whether it's storytelling or a cool moment, like, some directors use it really well. I think this, I think there's people that have a soft spot for this movie because of the soundtrack and, you know, them being, it being Australian bands and, you know, kind of the, the musical flavor and feel to it. But a lot of those montage felt like music videos even in the way they were shot and edited whereas that you know the the beach one was the only one that really felt like good music storytelling in the movie you know what i mean right right well I, I, it was a it was an effective scene um i did i did really like the soundtrack i mean i i haven't sat and listened to it straight through but I remember watching it, thinking to myself, uh, "Oh, this is this is a solid soundtrack. This is each one of these songs sounds like something that I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's one of the songs. I don't know if it was or not because I haven't sat and watched it, but or sat and looked it up. But the uh, I did buy the soundtrack, but it's not here yet. Um, the the one song sounded like Talking Heads, and one sound song sounded like uh, Men in Hats, and I was like, oh, it's all, this might be good." Yeah, the, I found the few mu musical scenes that were like very, even the score um, was very 80s movie, which uh, I don't know, fills me with a, a sort of nostalgic calmness that I like. Um, so I guess for, you know, by and large, the way this movie sounded, not every song was a hit, you know, when he's performing at the end, that was awful. But when they were using actual music, like original recordings and stuff, there were these brief reprieves of like, okay, this is this is a thing that I can tolerate because yeah, I can tolerate whatever stupidness is happening on screen because the music isn't terrible. So that's that's nice. That's that's the best I got. I don't know. This movie made me. This movie made me sad, and it also made me sad that I, uh, Mystery Science Theater never did it because <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is this is prime material for some some proper riffing. I mean, we were having a pretty good time with it too, but uh, yeah, I would I would love to see Mr. Science Theater tackle this movie. That might be the best use of this film moving forward. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and and sadly, because again, I I have positive nostalgic feeling. I look, I love this movie as a child. I remember having positive feelings. I remember recording it on VHS off TV and thinking, "Thank God, got it, nailed it down. I own it now." VHS. Um, I, I remember my little sister sitting in front of the TV, hitting record on like a, a cassette tape player to record the music out of the movie because that's how we used to do 
way in the way back times. And I, and I remember thinking, oh, good work, Catherine. I'm going to make a copy of that tape. And now we'll have that. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, it's uh, on the rewrite watch. Uh, it's it's just a bad movie. Now that um, you've said some of that, Sean, because I, I, I think you said this when we were when we picked the movie. I think you're right. I think there was a trailer for this at the beginning of the VHS for for Turtles or something. Um, uh, something that I watched a lot. Maybe it was Bill and Ted. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I think. I probably saw this trailer on a VHS, which is why I felt like I saw it all the time and was like, who the fuck is Yahoo serious? Who is this guy? What is right. this? Yeah. I remember the trailer. I'm sure it was on the beginning of one of our VHSs, and I'm trying to think of the right time period. And uh, turtles is the one that's jumping out at me. It definitely wasn't turtles. No, I, if it was, then I would have oh, known this know. movie and I don't. Yeah. Cause, cause turtles was ninety. Uh... Play right fields. It's important, you know. You gotta know how to catch. You gotta know how to throw. That's why I play in right field, way out where the dandelions grow. Pizza Hut supports the. I don't remember whoever that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, it it was. But it had to be something in that time period. Yeah, it had right? to be something in that time period. I'm, yeah, but, I'm trying to look up like. But turtles, what... turtles was ninety, and you know. Yeah, turtles, turtles was was ninety. Turtles two, was, I think, uh... was like ninety two or ninety three or something. Well, um, let's see if this movie was eighty eight, and th- it must have come out. I think it was. It must have come out on VHS. I mean, could it have been? Nine. Could it have been like Bill and Ted or like Batman or something? You know, something that was was eighty nine. I didn't have. I didn't have Bill and Ted on VHS, so it ain't that. I, I, did. I did, but I, I had the a shit I, out of that. Yeah, but we had a uh, we recorded it off like whatever HBO or Cinemax or whatever. So that's that ain't it. Um, we did have a store bought copy of Batman '89, the Michael Keaton, mm-hmm. but that seems like a weird movie to advertise at the beginning. Yeah, of that. I don't think this was on there. Could it? Could it have been something that was made in like? 86 or something and then the 86 what are you talking about no, this like like come out till 88 that's what but this is what i'm saying right like could it have been something like um last crusade you know where it's like that came out and then maybe the vhs came out a year later and then it's advertising for a movie that's gonna come out you know coming I, yeah, soon I don't know. Do you know theaters. what i'm saying yeah because they would put coming yeah. attractions for not just vhs coming out but theaters uh yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to. I, I'm I'm surprised that there isn't some sort of website devoted website to this. devoted to this. There's a website devoted to everything. I'm sure if you search the deep dark recesses of the internet, there's some weirdos that have tracked this. Is it us? Is this the next project we have to put forth? <laughs> yeah. Is this what goes up on Geek A? Geek A just becomes a what trailers were on what movies website? Could be. Um. I wrote down two more scenes to talk about. Um, go ahead. Wow. Yeah, go for it. I'm, I'm, one I'm of done. them is where he goes to the he goes to the college to uh, to talk to Marie Curie, and there's the guy that won't that Let I guess, him bring the violin in. Yeah, well, he charges him. To, well, first there was a guy bringing sheep in for a 
like sheep class, sheep class or, or something, herding class or something. Yeah, yeah. I and then they they about. try to they try to pay that joke off later because then like one of the sheep's get get sheep gets kicked out and it's like you failed like that she, that sheep failed. <laughs> but then yeah, it was yeah they charged him to go into the school. Also, the guy standing outside the school was wearing like a graduation cap and gown, like as if to be like college (laughs) this is college College. you know know. yeah college and then they would yeah no musical instruments he had that sign Mm. so again i'm like what are all these jokes like are we are we making fun of australian colleges are we saying that like people you know like sort of like bush people in the australian outback are stupid and this is like a like a like a sort of goober approach to like higher education. Like what, 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 what was that? <laughs> what was the joke here? Yeah. What was uh, that? Maybe that's the, the kind of the, the moral of the story here is what was the joke here? And the fact that we can't answer it either means we're just not elevated enough to understand this movie as it was meant to be. Or it's a shit movie with no meaning, and yeah. we should all just move on with our lives. Yeah. I, I'm going choice B. I'm never <laughs> the one to assume sure. that I'm the smartest guy in the room. I always assume that something something else around me, there's got to be something that I'm not getting. Like I always assume that. In this situation, I just think that Yahoo Serious thought he was this cool. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not good. <laughs> The uh, the uh, the other scene I wrote down to talk about was um, I, I mean it wasn't the end but it was near the end when they go to the science the science academy awards, um, which like <laughs> there there was that there was that whole thing with the hot air balloon uh, where the like they they fly the hot air balloon into the city then they like he like pulls the plug on the hot air balloon and it like deflates like a balloon. Which, like, again... But they clearly let, ran out of money, so they couldn't show you an animation. So they just had everybody's heads jerk from left to right and made a funny noise. We all knew what happened. And, like, you might even have a visual in your head, but they never actually showed it. They were just like, you know what a deflating balloon looks like. So, like, it's zipping around. You you, you get it. Well, you get it. Uh, there's, like, three three or four things about that scene. Uh, 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 yeah, like, like that, that's another thing where... That was a moment that played like a parody in a movie where not everything played like a parody, right? Like where you've got a hot air balloon deflating, right? Like funny idea, weird in the execution, right? And then... That's one of the things that made me think of Wet Hot American Summer. It made me think of that scene with, uh, oh my God, he's doing it. He's actually doing it. He's, he's got the, oh, geez, he's got the, right? Like it was everybody just looking and pretending like something was happening. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and when you see the hot air balloon, it's, um, it's kind of red on the bottom. And then it's got like a blue stripe. And then it's got like a white kind of design in the middle so it, it looks like that when he's flying it it looks like that when he's landing it and then he pulls that plug we imagine that we've seen it deflate and zip around like a balloon that just lost all its air and then when it crashes to the ground it is a different balloon it is like green and yellow <laughs> so then i'm like 
is this is this an instance where they ran out of money? Is this an instance where they uh is this an instance where they ran out of money? Is this an an instance where this was the best they could do? Is this an instance where it's trying to be funny because it's a different balloon? Or is this a thing where they just thought no one would notice? Like, when the movie is that disjointed, <laughs> like, what is the choice? Like, what Like what am I seeing? You know? <laughs> um, yeah, and then I, I wrote down stuff about that Science Academy Awards because, like, like, that was, like, there was all those science, um, let's not call them science folks. Let's call them uh, people. Per, how, how about um, persons of historical significance? significance. <laughs> um, personages of historical significance. Um, so you, you had Marconi, who was like the the radio host, and then... You had Edison that like he's like Edison's here with his light bulbs, like as if that's a new thing. Where Darwin was like hosting, but like also like electricity was everywhere in this movie. Like there was like electric locks in the facility, you know, in the like insane asylum. Like you know, <laughs> like Edison did not just invent the light bulb. In this movie, um, yeah. And then there was the Wright brothers who had like a. Who had like a weird American accent, like a like overly Americanized American accent, and one of them was a black guy, like it was a black guy and a white guy that were the Wright brothers, and then there was a guy that was Freud, with there with his mother who told him not mm-hmm. to pick his nose, um, so like it felt like they were like lampooning all these characters, but like. They were lampooning like the real people, whereas it was this like alternate history of Albert Einstein. So like like when the when the movie starts and you're like you're like, what is happening? And is this supposed to be Einstein? And did Einstein meet Marie Curie? And like you know what I mean? Like you you start trying to like understand what you're watching. If the whole movie had been peppered with these cameos of people it might have felt more like a thing but like because they were just all at this at this like award ceremony at the end it was like what am i supposed to do with this like is this this, are these jokes or not you know yeah i I, god if i had an answer for you (laughs) yahoo serious might not be on the edge of a cliff right now about to jump off uh to call them jokes is generous. To call them things that happened is <laughs> accurate. Anything else is speculation. I mean, yeah, did anybody say really anything funny in that scene? It was a long scene. It was, and they kept doing that. You're right. They 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 ran that again, I'm gonna in quotes call it a joke off the edge of the earth, but it didn't always feel like a joke. It didn't always feel funny. It was just like all right, you got an old guy with a beard playing Darwin. That I know that as far as I know, that sounds right. I don't know. He probably had a beard, right? I don't know. I th- right? I, Maybe. I think some like again, I think some of them I think they were I think they were supposed to be jokes. Like I think um it was it was the same thing we're talking about, this weird underlying dry Britishish type humor. Um 
you know, there was the thing with, with Freud and the mom, like, stop picking your nose. And then I think the fact that the Wright brothers, like, had these overly American accents, like, that was supposed to be funny. Uh, Darwin was walking around with a beagle, and it said The Beagle. And I I think that's the name of the ship that Darwin sailed on when he studied yeah. stuff. Yep. I'm pretty like sure when, you're right. Like when he's like yeah. when he went to the Galapagos or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like again, like that's not funny unless you know that. It's, it might not even be funny if you do know that. But like, I do know that, and I still don't think yeah. it's funny. Like I, I got where they were going. I don't. Know. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's not... why I don't say that this movie's too smart for us. It's like no, I get what you think the joke is, but it's not funny. <laughs> I just don't think that's a joke. Yeah, that's not a joke. That's just. I, I mean, by all accounts, it should have been just a like an all-out amazing ending, right? Like this, this, this like science party that he gets to with all these these joke people of historical significance, significance, and that he then has to avoid an assassination attempt and like play defuse the electric guitar to defuse the bomb. And then it all ends in some tasteful blackface. Like I was gonna say, he did blackface at least two or three times in this movie, and I think everybody's just let it go. Everyone was just like, "That's the least offensive thing that's happened in the last hour and a half." So, fuck it, right? I mean, where are our standards anymore? Like, I don't know what left, black is white, up is down, left is right. I don't know what's right and wrong anymore. Cats and dogs living together. Lost my moral compass from watching it's this movie. Okay. It did it did feel more like a, a a movie that happened to us than uh you know something we intentionally watched and enjoyed. But it's over now. I'm glad it's over. Uh, are we done talking about it now? Sweet baby Moses. Yes, I am. The, the only other thing I wrote down was that uh that uh they played waltzing matilda more than a few times i think it's because it's in the public domain you know so it's like waltzing matilda waltzing matilda we don't have to pay for the song (laughs) i didn't notice that but that all checks it's like it's like some kind of like australian anthem right like beats me yeah, it out. Do you, do you remember we had to like learn that in like you know like elementary school like like music class? Yeah, I remember this song. I don't remember it being an Australian thing. But then again, I don't remember much about grade school. It's an Australian yeah. song because they sing something like "Where's the jolly jumbuck that you've got in your Tupper bag?" And we're like, "What do those words mean?" And they're like, "Oh, like a jumbuck is a kangaroo, and a Tupper bag is a backpack." And you're like, just say that. And it's like, no, it's Australian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, no, you're an asshole. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, that's, if, a, that's all I got. If no, all right. Then yeah. let's let's call it. Let's put this movie behind us. Obviously, it gets big fat thumbs down from everybody. Uh, I do not recommend watching this under any circumstances. Drunk and high. If you if you're both very high. And even then, there are better things you can do with your time. And very drunk. <laughs> If you're drunk and or high and have literally watched every other movie, then you just want to go. If you're looking for an educational experience, read a book.
if, if you thought Ernest was the greatest film you ever saw, any one of the Ernest films, and you've watched them all a thousand times, <laughs> you're like, God, I just need more of this in my life, but less good. It's it's a shame that this that this episode unfolded in a way where we compared him to Ernest slash Jim Varney because uh, the people at home don't know this, but I like to change the file on the the recording when I upload it for for Chris so that he laughs at it later. And I named this recording Australian Pauly Shore, so we, we just we just didn't go the route I thought we would. Mm. I see the comparison there too. I think it's more of an earnest situation, but yeah, maybe maybe he is the Australian Polish Shore because he did not work out. <laughs> well, that means this this episode is going to get a lot of views. <laughs> did Ernest ever make like a movie called The Importance of Being Earnest? <laughs> that would have been amazing. It would have been on point. He should have. We did it, folks. We did it. We got all the way through the alphabet. This is the one. Not next until the next episode. Well, yeah, we yeah. I mean, we're he- we're here. We're at the finish line. Yeah, we're at the finish line. We made it through the alphabet. Last vote. Last vote of the alphabet. What are we gonna do we start- after the alphabet? We go back just- to A, right? We're gonna start over. Yeah, yeah, we- yeah, but we have to get back to B because Chris doesn't seem big trouble in Little yeah. China. I thought we were we gonna start over. I thought we were gonna pick a number. I mean, we could do we one could month do one where we do a month. number movie. Yeah, I, that's fine if we want to do that. I think we should. Well, that's good. That's All right, good. fair enough. Then after Z, we'll do number. We'll do a number, like, and then we'll go back. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. We, we got to pick Zs. We got to pick Z movies. So... Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Who's going first? Can, can I go first? Because I don't have a backup. Go okay, go for it. I don't have a backup if you days. don't pick mine. All right, so... Um, so uh, so I think I've said this to you all before. I think sometimes Chris is like, "Hey, I've got all these podcasts. Do you listen to them?" And I'm, I'm like, if anybody who's listening doesn't know, you know, we, 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 shameless plug here. We on this podcast are part of a podcast network, and Chris also does one about television shows and about video games and video game music and music. So you know, there is a wide range of things to choose from. I just often tell Chris, like, well, I guess if you want me to listen to them, you got to do a crime one. Because, like, this, I don't know why, but, like, this has become my thing. I'm into true crime. Like, it's not a thing I, I knew about myself a long time ago. But, like, now, like, I don't know. I'm kind of hooked on it. Like, every week I'm like, all right, I got to listen to this one this day. And I got to try to solve this mystery on Wednesday. And Is like, it my favorite murder? Are you listening? To I don't listen favorite? to that one. I, I, for, yeah, we've we've been over this. Like I, I probably yeah. should listen to it. I listen to those two on other podcasts, but um, mm. yeah, yeah, I listen to the guy that uh, you know that that uh, helped catch the Golden State Killer, and you know, I listen to there's a lot of stuff I listen to. I listen to like crowdsourcing things where like I think I'm gonna solve a, solve something. Um, but anyway, uh. I think one of the reasons that this is a fascination of mine is because of my Z movie. Um, uh, it's hard to say whether it's like based on the real event or whether it's uh, based on the book um, or like based on both because the book is the real event. So like you know, if, if it was just murders, you got to have some angle. You got to have something that you're following. Um, but uh, but my my pick is going to be Zodiac. Um, uh, and I saw that movie, it really sucked me in, and, like, I, I became, like, obsessed with, like, 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 
because I think the thing about it is like it could be anybody, like like it could be your your grandpa, like and we don't know who Zodiac was, it could be anybody. Um, so it was me, uh, Paul, I'm the Zodiac. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who's uh, serious? FBI, if you're listening, that was a joke. <laughs> so the FBI's not listening. Yeah, that's uh, that is gonna be my pick is Zodiac. All right, well, I'll go next. Uh, my pick is a movie called Zathura, and this is only because I know it is somehow tangentially related to Jumanji, which I thought was a pretty fun movie, and it's basically Jumanji in space. Uh, it's got an interesting, like cover that i used to see when i worked at game crazy which was attached to hollywood video and i've never seen it and i don't know that i know anybody who has seen it but i know that it was like they were trying to push it in a lot of places but not hard enough to make anybody actually watch the movie so it's called zathora it's jumanji in space i want to watch it all right well so i'm aware of both of your movies uh (laughs) I, I, I don't think I have a positive zeitgeist connection to Zathora. I think maybe it came off as a uh, a pale comparison or a pale uh, redo of Jumanji, so I'm a little hesitant on that one. And uh, Zodiac, uh, I kind of half saw one time while Jackman was watching it. I tend not to watch real crime stuff because, I don't know, life sucks. I just don't need more <laughs> of this shit. <laughs> like, so... I'm a little hesitant in that, and I'll I'll be honest. Uh, I there was a couple Z movies that might be good that I decided against, and despite <laughs> your poor choices, in my opinion, or my lack of confidence in your choices, I'm not going to switch it up. I'm going to stick with the bullshit I decided on. So I, I I thought I could do Zoolander too. I thought that, you know, I liked Zoolander, and I never saw the sequel. Maybe it was good. Maybe I could do Zombieland too. I loved Zombieland. Never saw the sequel. No reason. No reason at all. But no. I decided that my my offering this week would be Zapped. If you haven't heard of Zapped, it's a movie I saw on the video shelf in Blockbuster for years and years and Video Depot, if you're South Jersey oriented, uh, and never rented. It's probably a piece of crap, but it stars Scott, Scott Bayo. So it's a 1980s movie that I remember seeing on the shelf of the video store for years and years and years and never picking up. I know nothing about it. I never saw it. Could be absolute crap, but I really was counting on one of you two to put forth something of real value. I don't feel like you have. <laughs> no. So I feel not. like we have three real, real questionable choices going into Z here, folks. So... That's what I'm going with. I'm going to stick with my bad choices, you know? You're going to make bad choices in life. Please stand by them. Say the magic word and vote. <laughs> oh, there it is. Unbelievable. Scott Bayo, it is. Scott Bayo for the win. <laughs> well, we just guess... watched a bad movie. Jesus. This guys could have picked Zathora. <laughs> I did! <laughs> I write? I wrote Zathulu, <laughs> but... <laughs> You know what I meant? Let's do that movie then. <laughs> All right, zapped well, it is. Zapped it is. We're gonna watch a Scott Bayo gem. Nineteen eighty two classic R rated Scott Bayo zapped. Is anybody happy? Nobody's happy. <laughs> Democracy fails again. Look, I, I feel like I went through this with this movie. 
I think you guys blamed me, and I was like, "Don't blame me. I picked Young Guns." So, <laughs> so it's. I think it's something about not being able to vote for the one that you chose. Yeah, it's a fair thing. Like we can't really blame Sean. We, we're the ones that chose. It. <laughs> you, you, um, the two of you, unanimously voted for. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, right. Well, I'm still sad we didn't get to watch The Wizard. <laughs> Next time around the alphabet. Yeah, we'll, Next we'll go time around the alphabet w. We can't wait for... Uh, we can't stop before we get to B. Because the fact that Chris hasn't seen Big Trouble Little China, it keeps me up at night. We gotta get back to B. I have no interest in stopping. There's a lot of, there's a lot of good movies we haven't watched yet. Alright, uh, well there you go. There you have it. A theater near you is a part of the Geekade Podcast Network, and if you'd like to get in touch with us... To share your comments, movie suggestions, or whatever, you can send us an email at mail at geekade.com. We can also be found on most social media outlets and the official Geekade Discord server, all of which can be found in our show notes. If you'd like early access to this podcast and several other others on the Geekade Podcast Network, check out the Geekade Patreon, linked to in the show notes. It helps keep this show running week after week, or month after month, as it were, and our site shiny and clean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time in a theater near you. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to eat your kitten apple pies. What the hell?